Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Milwaukee. Start your engines. It's time to talk about all things racing. NASCAR, IndyCar, trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotke. Joining me, of course, a Polish pipe bomb, Jeff Orlowski. We're in studio today. And I'd like to thank our friends at Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda for the support. In fact, we're going to have David Hobbs on at the start of next hour. We'll be talking Formula One as he's up in Road America for the VSCDA vintage meet up there. Nice. Nice. Always good to have Hobbs on the show. It's the Vintage Sports Car Driving Association. Okay. They're out of Chicago. It's a lot of good letters. Group. It is. It's a mouthful. <laughs> I'm surprised I didn't screw it up. So I got, got a number of friends uh, running up there, and all has a good time. I uh, was actually in Elkhart Lake Thursday evening. Of course you were, getting wined and dined, I'm sure. Oh, man, that was a good time. <laughs> <laughs> met a bunch of people, met a few old friends, uh, made some new ones, and, uh, yeah, just a lot a lot of fun. All is good at Seepkins, and uh, uh, it was able. We had some uh, rookies up there. Nice. Yeah, nice. Met, uh, met a they, couple. They met walk a cou- out or crawl out? Uh, no, they actually walked out. Uh, actually, they ran out. No, no, I'm just kidding. I <laughs> uh, know a couple of ladies from uh, Michigan City. Okay. And they were actually surprised that I knew where Michigan City was. I said, I got a buddy of mine has his, you know, he lives there and his race shop is there. You know, and I said, in fact, we drove right past there last thir- last Saturday. So we're talking to them. They're, they're car people, you know. And that's mm-hmm. cool. And we're, we're chatting and chatting and, and you know, they're, they're wondering, oh, you seem to know a lot about this place. <laughs> so, well, you know. Uh, there, well, there, yeah, there's a book and a, what, 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 yeah, and there's, <laughs> there's, you know, so I kind of gave him a, a thumbnail sketch of, uh, of Road America, not only that, but then how Elkhart Lake ties into it, how it was originally a road race in Elkhart Lake to bring back tourists in the early 50s after the war because tourism really dropped off in Elkhart Lake after the war. So they were looking away for the tourists to come back because apparently after World War II, World War II, 
everybody started to go up the crivets. <laughs> they still do to this day. But and they decided, ah, let's go a little bit further, I guess. So, um, and but that was a great way for them to bring uh, bring back the tourists. And, and we we talked about the the. Um, they said, oh yeah, we saw the, some of the signs. In fact, the dinner I was up there is the Elkhart Lake Historic Track Foundation. See, I should have this up on my. But our Wi-Fi is a little sketchy this morning. But it's an organization that that uh, saved the. Uh, the original Elkhart Lake road race where they raced on the streets. And this basically was uh, getting a commitment from the state that they would not change the roads. They can widen them in that, but just keep them physically where they are so people can go on where the where they actually raced in 1951, 52, and 53. Nice. So it's a, it's a neat organization, and David was there, as well as uh, Peter Cunningham from Realtree Racing who's been on the show and we should have on the show again. He uh, ran Pikes Peak uh, this year and the year prior and finished second in class last year and I think third this year, maybe like fifth overall. It was pretty neat with his Acura. Uh, He's always been, has mostly been tied to Honda slash Acura throughout his racing career. And uh, he gave kind of a video presentation as well as kind of, to walking you through how you race at Elkhart or at up at Pikes Peak, which is interesting in itself. We don't talk too much on El- we had. I think Eddie was out there a couple of years ago, but it's you know they a lot of these teams they go out there almost a month before because it's a public road and it they it is Peter said it was the most lucrative. Uh, how do you mention it? it's like the most lucrative federal park in in the federal park jurisdiction or whatever okay and and what they do is it costs 15 dollars a head to go up pike's peak however in june they let you from basically sunrise till about like eight o'clock so you get about two and a half almost three hours you can run you can do practice runs but the practice runs are, are split into three sections so you can only do a section at a time and apparently i guess you do a section, and then they open up the park a little bit, <laughs> and then it kind of works its way up the mountain. Nice. And uh, yeah, it's really neat. So you just get to work on a section at a time, and then when it's your when it's race day, you get one shot. That's it. Wow. Just one shot, and away you go. So that's a cool race. It, it, is it a, really it, is, and yeah. it was pretty cool. You know, if you like, I said, go on YouTube. Uh, his videos on YouTube. Uh, if you do Peter Cunningham uh, Acura. Pikes Peak. It's on. It's on uh, YouTube, and there's a lot of other stuff. A lot of research. I mean, there's so much stuff out there, especially on YouTube and that. It's really, really cool. The in-car stuff is just fantastic, you know, with the videos and that. But he was saying there, he had this one shot. Uh, he had somebody uh, almost up at the summit, and they're shooting down. And when you're on the mountain, obviously, you know, you hear the you know, the cartoons, the echoes, and everything. Well, sound travels, and you can hear this car. It sounds like it's coming right at you but the car is probably over a mile down the mountain and you hear it and you see this little dot and you hear him going through the gears and you see this little dot and it's getting closer and closer and then you see this cloud of fog go right across and what it was doing it would go right across the road just under or just over the car so he could see and i'm using hand signals which is hand <laughs> hand which is always good on radio but it would it just went over the car, so you could see the road, but you just it disappears then. 
and then you hear him boom, 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 coming through the gears, boom, 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 and then uh, and then it comes, he, he comes right past you on a, on a switchback, and then off he goes, and it's really neat. Yeah. So it was a fun night Thursday night. But anyways, these girls, I kind of gave them a quick little, uh, and then I explained Seepkins to them how it's been around, and and uh, Hobbs was being uh, was had his 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 posse there and that, so. It was a lot of fun. And a couple other guys I knew from the Newman Haas team were there. and Just a lot of fun. Nice. Nice. Well, it's good to have you back. Oh, thank you. Yeah. It was time. I mean, I, 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 it, it could have been a long night. It was a long night already, but it could have been even longer. <laughs> and I got my chair back. Yeah. Oh. I left my chair up there last time. Okay. So we were doing a book signing with Hobbs. I left my chair, and the guy had to go get it. I said, because I couldn't, we couldn't find it. I'd sent somebody else, a buddy of mine, he couldn't find it. But I said, Guy, if you find this chair, I'll give you. He's been coveting one of my 1952 Elkhart Lake hats. And he's like, If you get the hat, if you get, if you get the chair, I'll give you a hat. And delightful, I got a delightful text about two days later. I found your chair. It's on the uh, the porch, and I'll be waiting my hat. So I said, Hey, a deal is a deal. Nice. So I did find a hat for him. Good, good. That sounds like a successful trip. So how was your Thursday? <laughs> I don't know. I, you were in here. Yeah, I was in here, I think. In college. You did the college football. Yeah, college football show. That's and going co- good. Of course, uh, the Badger's coming up after the radio show at 2.30. Nice how that works out. And, and uh, we thank uh, the Badgers for scheduling their start time around the final inspection show like they should every week. Yeah, they should. So it, uh, it it's worked out good. It works out good. But college football show every Thursday, 8 to 10, right here on The Fan. Fantastic. And uh, last week, of course, was a very unusual happening. I cannot recall any major, uh, a major motorsports event being completely, I mean, completely rained out three days in a row. Yeah, yeah. I mean, not a wheel turned. I We've had washouts on a Saturday. We've had washouts on a Sunday where they had to race on Monday. We've had practice wiped out on a Friday. Not unusual, especially in the Midwest or especially down south. Uh, but, I, you know, just that was crazy. And what makes it even more interesting is that they scheduled that midget race on Wednesday, Thursday, which basically forbade me from going down there. If it was a, probably a Thursday, Friday, I could have probably gone down. But Wednesday, Thursday for me is kind of tough because I'm, if I'm down in Indianapolis on a Thursday night, I want to stay <laughs> throughout the weekend. <laughs> so that wasn't going to work. Uh, kind of bummed out I couldn't get down there, but fantastic uh, coverage on pay-per-view. And, and then, of course, on uh, NBC Sports Network also ran it on Friday evening. And I'm sure they'll be running reviews, and it's probably on YouTube now anyways. <laughs> But make sure you checked it out. Great, great uh, race. Won by Brady Bacon, who again won last night at Terre Haute. Won the USAC race, the Jim Herderby's Classic at Terre Haute. One of the bigger uh, races on the USAC schedule. So he, Brady Bacon is uh, is on a run. Um, good good dirt track driver who uh, dipped his toe in the NASCAR and that. And uh, is uh, just a good good kid. Got a great Running name. for about... Uh, 10, 15 years now. So getting back to Indianapolis, though. Yeah, so practice uh, was washed out for Xfinity on on Friday. And then Saturday, it got the Xfinity race was wiped out along with cup qualifying and some other practices. 
And then Sunday, you're thinking, okay, we'll run both. No. So they ran both races, Xfinity and Cup, pretty much back-to-back with nobody turning a wheel. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking, oh, this ain't going to work. So, with you know, I watched that Xfinity race. It was actually pretty decent. It was darn, darn, you darn tootin'. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was fantastic, and they went into turn one, and I, you know you're expecting, you know, carnage. green a green track carnage. You got young kids in there, and everybody behaved themselves, and it was it was fantastic racing too. Yeah, yeah. It was. Of the two races, it was far superior. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were there was a it, it it was they were doing everything in an Xfinity race what they said you couldn't do in a stock car at Indianapolis, which is. In my eyes, it's kind of unfortunate. I think that the Xfinity race sealed the deal that we're going to start seeing restrictor plates at Indianapolis. And now with the way that the truck race went last night at Las Vegas, I wouldn't be surprised if we're not going to see that kind of racing at Las Vegas as well going going ahead next season and further into the future. Yeah, it it was really, you know... you don't want to – I still say they need to fix the cars. If They were showing a Brickyard 400 um, footage from earlier. You know, 94 was the first year, 95, 96. And they were, even when they were showing Dale Jarrett, I think, who won in 98 or 99, when you could see the cars coming through the short shoot, mm-hmm. either from turn one to two or three to four, when you're looking straight on at, at the cars, you can see underneath the cars. Right. Can't do that anymore no. with the splitters. Nope. So, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb, should they ban splitters? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, make it harder for these guys to drive, take some uh, as much of the arrow out of it. That'll help save money instead of trying to regulate pit guns to save these guys 57 right. cents a week. You know, do away with a lot of the arrow. Make the cars look like the cars on the street. You know, there's so many ways that they can fix these cars. That's going to be a tough one because of the... With all the know, safety and all Well, that right, and, and that's it. I mean, these things are, are tanks now. Yeah, basically. I know. They're, they're wide, and, you know, it, it's... When, when all the cars are together and you see the Camaro front, it doesn't look... That, it's, it's passable. They look better than they did 10 years ago with the car tomorrow. Well... <laughs> Anything's better. But when you get that pace car out there, when you see the actual car, Mm -hmm. it, it, yeah, it looks crazy. Yeah, it It looks just like, whoa, what the heck's going on here? It does. But do you think that the, uh, you know, the racing that we saw in the Xfinity series at Indy, that seals the deal for next year for for the Cup series, doesn't it? I think so on, on, on the larger tracks like that. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. I do too. I still think, though, they need and see this. And this is one of the things you need. You got to have that throttle response, though, too. I just say it should, it should also have more horsepower, but then that raises speeds too. So take it, it's funny. Everybody asks, what can we do in racing? And getting even Dan Gurney was saying this 10, 15 years ago, more horsepower, less downforce. Yeah. Across the board. I don't care if it's a NASCAR, IndyCar, F1, put the control of the car in the driver's hands. Absolutely. I understand the restrictor plates. If it's done, you know, like I said, the Xfinity series at that track worked out well. The truck series last night was tremendous at, at Las Vegas. 
However, you don't want to get into a situation where it's like, tell you know, you don't want all these racetracks to be like Talladega and Daytona. Well, we had, quote, unquote, the big one last night during the truck series at Vegas. You know, the problem that I have is that, you know, if you go to these restrictor plates at Indianapolis, uh, you know, Daytona, you'll have it at, you know, Dega, obviously. But, you know, they start putting them on at, at Indianapolis. If they start putting them on at Las Vegas or Chicago or Michigan, now all of a sudden all these guys do is just mash the gas yeah. and that's it and then play the draft. Right. You know, it doesn't show the talent that right. these guys have as drivers. Make it harder to drive, not right. easier to drive. Exactly. You know, and IndyCar and it was running into that problem too in the 2000s and that. I mean, it was fantastic racing, but the consensus was is these guys were flat-footing it around Chicagoland. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these other tracks where, you know, they could use, even Milwaukee, it's, you know, if if the car was perfectly, perfectly dialed in with the high downforce in that, you could almost flat foot it. You shouldn't be able to do that in Milwaukee. No. Now, that was only usually during qualifying. They weren't really doing that during the race too much. But it was, you know, it's Milwaukee's always been a driver's track. Yeah. And you got to know how to hustle your car, how to make the car handle multiple grooves and whatnot and that car should be sliding you know your 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 butt should be wiggling through the corners it should at, be at, uncomfortable to drive and, and that's the other thing too also visually for the fans and even your people that aren't familiar with racing that tune in 12 19 first you people of the show <laughs> you <yes>. thank you <laughs> them <laughs> uh when you see a race it should be difficult yes when you nba guys flying through the air doing stuff people watch because i can't do that you know you get these guys oh i could you know get out there this and that you get on the floor of an nba game floor level mm-hmm. you see how fast they are they go yeah wow same thing with football when you see cars going around the track and it looks like they're on rails, mm-hmm. it doesn't look that hard. Nope. When you see the car sliding, when you see the guy, you see the white gloves going back and forth. Oh wow, yeah, those guys are working. Yeah, they're going. You see, if you look at an in car and the the car, you know the 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 guy's hand his hand on the wheel doesn't move while he goes through a corner. It's like oh, how hard is it? Everything they're doing is is making it easier on the. Driver. It shouldn't be slot car racing. Exactly. You know, now that all all the drivers can see when is Kyle Busch getting into the gas, where are his break points at, at the tracks that he dominates, they can see, you know, and try to mirror why Kevin Harvick is so dominant at Atlanta and his break points and where he gets back into the gas and everything like that. All the information that's now readily available to every single one of these teams and now you want to make it where all you got to do is hold the, the gas pedal down. It just, it, it, it bores me. It, it does not show off these guys' true talent. Now, NASCAR obviously is a complete team sport. But, you know, if you want to have, mo- if they do this, where everybody's just holding the gas pedal to the floor the question is then, is it going to be like Daytona and Talladega where you can have surprise winners every week? Or is it going to be where it's just the big money teams, the the, the Hendricks, the Stuart Haas, 
uh, Gibbs that are that just dominate because they've got the money to spend uh, to set these cars, like you said, on rails. So it, it, it's a it's a tough call. You know, the racing last night, there were guys on Twitter, oh, yeah, this racing's great. You know, uh, what a fantastic truck race, blah, blah, blah. And then, oh, yeah, you want to see this in Cup? Well, no. <laughs> you know? Right. And it's like, well, you got to pick a side, one side or the other. You know what I mean? But uh, I, I just, it's not going to show off the talent of the drivers if all they have to do is just hold the pedal to the floor. I tell you what, let's take a break. And when we come back, we'll hear more on the final inspection show brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zaki. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. I'm Steve Zotke along with Jeff Orlowski. Brought to you by Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Come down to the reschedule Time Machine Nationals on Saturday, September 22nd. That will run with the Nitrous Streetcar Brawl. Two shows for the price of one. Gates open at 9 a.m. Racing all day. For more info, go to greatlakesdragway.com. And also I'd like to thank David Hobbs Honda. Should be a lot of fun. So next week... The 22nd, make sure you get down to Great Lakes Dragway. Like I said, those Time Machine Nationals are awesome. And the Nitro Streetcar Brawl is another good event. So that's pretty good. You get two events for the price of one, Jeff. Yeah, you can't miss, you know, you can't beat that deal. And uh, it's just going to be a fantastic wall-to-wall racing. And it no, doesn't get any better. You know, and we were saying, I don't, you, we don't remember a event getting rained out three night, three days in a row. <laughs> wait, <laughs> wait a second. I think Great Lakes Dragway got wiped out last Labor Day, so a couple weeks ago. So yeah, that was one that just unfortunately got rained out, and they're three scheduled for next week. The weather looks good for next week too. I, you know, September I think is a pretty good weather month, isn't it? It is, but man, I'll tell you, this last week, the mosquitoes have been awful. You know, I went to pick up my kid from soccer practice. I was outside standing in the grass for probably five minutes, and I had just been scratching head to toe all week long. It is crazy out there. But uh, but besides that, like temperature-wise and everything like that, September's perfect, man. Love it. And, of course, the Cup Series is out in Las Vegas this weekend. Round It's the first round of the playoff races. Of course, he got uh, Vegas this weekend. Next week, Richmond. Then they go to Charlotte to the Roval. Yeah, yep. We got this week. Somebody, uh, you know, this week is a is a good one to get a win. Uh, and Richmond because the Roval, everything we've heard about it is that it's just going to be carnage. And I think uh, it will be. Oh, I hope so. I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, so we'll see. You know, we'll see. I can't believe that NASCAR is is doing this Roval thing. Uh, I hope I'm proven I'm proved wrong, but I think that uh, they might end up looking pretty foolish. And of course, Eric Jones, the number twenty car on the pole. Yeah, 
Yeah. Edging out Denny Hamlin and a cast of others. And it's most uh, most of what did you notice about that top ten? Uh, it's all playoff drivers. Isn't that interesting? Amazing how that happens. That is just... Every single year. It's amazing how, you know, and even when they trim the field down, all the all the guys still alive are still always in the top ten. You know, one thing we didn't talk about last segment, we actually didn't talk about the race itself. So just read the Brickyard 400, of course. Looked like Denny Hamlin's race to win, and it was Brad Kasalski who came uh, with some uh, good tire strategy and whatnot, who edged uh, not only Denny Hamlin, but also the aforementioned Eric Jones for the win. So Penske sweeps the big races at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway this year with Will Power winning the Indianapolis 500 in May. Yeah, Paul Wolf, what a great crew chief he is for, for Keselowski. You They've know. been running good. They, I mean, you win Darlington, you win Indianapolis. Those are two pretty uh, primo races to win on the series. When, and if you're going to start getting hot, what better time? Yeah, back-to-back wins right at the start of the playoffs. You, don't, you know, you want to be hitting your stride during the playoffs. You don't want to be a team, uh, whether it's a race team or a baseball team, limping into the playoffs with hamstrings going and just, you know, just – just awful like some teams are right now at this point. Yeah, yeah. Nice nice shot at the Cubs there. It uh you know, Paul Wolf though, that guy, he can take a fifth place car and park it in victory lane through strategy. He's always one of the of the only crew chiefs that's going completely off the wall, off the grid, trying different strategies. I give him a ton of credit. You know, the uh the two team has not had the speed this year for the most part as uh, you know, the Harvicks and Truex and, and Kyle Bush and all that. So for him to sit there and, and pick up back to back wins, especially in a race that was dominated, like you said, by Denny Hamlin, he should have, mm-hmm. he should have won that race. Um, it's, it's very impressive hats off. So uh, Vegas, how racy is it going to be? Did did we see the best we, uh, race of the weekend last night? Probably. Uh, it was a, a fantastic race last night, except, you know, when you had the big one and they had to red flag that sucker for 10 or 15 minutes right at the end. But, uh, it, yeah, it was great racing last night. But, you know, Noah Gregson, I think he just sideswiped my car in the parking lot here. Is there <laughs> anything that he doesn't hit? He runs into everything. That's what happens when you try too hard. Well, you know, that poor kid, man, he, you know, it's just every single race. He's, oh, yeah, Gregson ran into this guy. He ran into this guy. He ran into the wall. He ran, he's in the infield. He is all. He uses literally every inch of that track, infield included. And I know he has a win this year, but he is having – just an awful, yeah, awful uh, season. Yeah, he would for because that's a truck. He was, you know, there were some, you know, whispering in that. Oh yeah, this kid could actually win the championship, but no chance. Yeah, it, it, it looks like it's going to be a two horse race. Uh, and then, of course, Brett Moffat yesterday. Oh, just felt bad race for him, in the in hand. You know, and it's a it, it's a struggling team too. It's not a team that's a wash in money. So you think, you know, here we here here you go. Uh, Vegas, you're leading, you're taking control of all the restarts pretty much and, and able to keep Johnny Sauter at bay. And, you know, the, the car coughs on, on, on a restart. Yeah, brutal. 
Just because they have how many restarts did they have in that race? About seventeen. Yeah. At the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, it just let's you know, do it again. Let's do it again. It's so and, and it must be so frustrating being involved in NASCAR as either crew crew guy, driver, team owner. Because here here so he's like a hundred yards in the finish line. Oh, yeah, let's go wave the yellow flag, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's so judgmental. It's so like, okay, there's an accident yellow. Mm-hmm. No, there's an accident, you know. Uh, well, wait, let me let me go. Let, let's have a discussion, talk about it. Do we want this guy to win or should we mix it up some more? You know, it, it's like you got to be so frustrating. Especially in a race where there were multiple times last night where a driver spun and they gave him time right. to turn his truck around. Right. He's facing the wrong way. He's on the inside. You know, Vegas has these huge, huge areas where runoff areas and whatnot where guys can kind of get out of the way yeah. and get their stuff And multiple times and they yeah. gave those guys so chances. Moffat can see. He can see the, 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 the finish line and then just oh, yellow flake. Yeah, I know. And then, yeah, instantaneous. I mean, I was happy that Grant Infingers won because he he did have the truck to beat. Yeah, he did. He and, had one hell of a truck. And there, there you go. There's, you know, there's you know, crew chief that knows. Hey, there's probably going to be a lot of a lot of rest- or a lot of restarts at the end of this race. Yeah, you know it. But it was exciting. It was fans. You know, it was fantastic. There was so much action. You know, granted, it took an hour for the last right. five laps to get run. But it was it was action packed and it was it was a lot of fun. Um, I I liked it a lot. But uh, <laughs> but Noah, man, <laughs> come on, come on. So Grant Grant Enfinger wins his second race of the year. I think Sauter was second or third. Uh, not happy about it. Uh, was saying that they they need to work on their gearboxes and that uh, for their restarts because yeah he did he he would get off to a slow start. Stuart Friesen was another one, man. How oh, yeah. many times did he spin you know, out? Short last tracks, night? they got what a two spin roll, right? And you're done. <laughs> yeah. And you think he was on four or five? Yeah, I was. I was. Meant, I was going to tweet that too. I said, you know, truck truck series should have a, a two spin roll. So, oh, he spun out like 14 times last night, and and I I like Stuart Friesen. I root for that guy. Uh, but yeah, that was semi embarrassing. So I tell you what, let's go take a break and let the. Let's do this. So let's. Uh, you spoke with NASCAR driver Austin Dillon, who's in the playoff chase. Playoffs, playoff chase. What's what is it this year again? This year it's the it's this the NASCAR th- playoffs. Okay. So uh, even though when it first came out, it was the chase. They didn't want you to say playoffs. Nope, couldn't say playoffs. No, now it is just, the playoffs. Just like now, you can't say encumbered. Encumbered. Yes. <laughs> I mean, is this the Sweet Sixteen round? I'm surprised they haven't taken that. Yeah, right. No, that's, I'm sure, his trademark. So when we come back, we'll hear Jeff's interview with Austin Dillon as we talk more NASCAR on the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. Welcome back. 
back to the final inspection show here on Sports Radio 105.7 FM. The fan, Jeff Orlowski, the Polish pipe bomb here. We turn our attention now to the great Midwest Bank hotline. Head out to beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada, and uh, we get our honor to talk to the uh, driver, the number three, Richard Childress Chevrolet, Daytona 500 champion, Austin Dillon. Austin, how are you? Doing great, man. Just um, looking forward to Vegas this weekend, first week of the playoffs. Get this thing going. Absolutely. Can't go wrong opening up the playoffs in Vegas. Well, I guess you could, but, uh, you know, we're all adults here. No, You know, who would get a week-long hangover anymore, right? <laughs> Try and stay away from that area. It's hot out here. <laughs> Absolutely. So, uh, so yeah, the playoffs start uh, this Sunday in Vegas, tomorrow. Now, you enter the playoffs basically tied for 10th. Uh, looking at the schedule with Vegas and Richmond and then the, the total wild card being the Roval, what what track do you think you've got the best shot to, to score a win here in the first round of the playoffs? Well, you know, I would say history would say probably Vegas. You know, a mile and a half program's been pretty good in the past, but Richmond, um, the last earlier this year, I felt really good at that track and had a solid test uh, just a couple months ago. So I'm pumped uh, for both those, and you just you know no clue what's going to go on at the Roval. So um, the first two I'm confident in. Uh, the third one, no. Uh, not really sure what's going to happen when we get there. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like uh, like how you know having Talladega in the playoffs, where it's just a complete total wild card, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And um, Talladega is is always a fun one. You know, you know your percentage is going into it that you could be in a wreck, but uh, you try and play your cards right and put yourself in good position throughout the race, and it sometimes can reward you. Yeah, sometimes, and sometimes you can end up on the hood, too. <laughs> uh, out of all the tracks that, that you guys run, and obviously the Roval, this will be the first uh, experiment with that this season, but uh, out of all the tracks that you guys run on a regular basis, what's your favorite track to go to? Um, My favorite track, uh, that's hard. That's a hard ask, man. We go to a bunch of tracks. So Daytona is one of my favorites. I enjoy going there. Just, um, the place is it's something special when you drive through that tunnel there. It's uh, it's definitely a cool place. Um, so I'm, I'm going to stick with Daytona, obviously, because we won that one this year. Okay. Now, on the flip side of that coin, what track, when they're unloading your car, do you just say, God, I can't wait to get out of here? <laughs> Man, when you start having those places, it's not a good thing, so I try not to have them. <laughs> um, it used to be Richmond, actually, believe it or not, but I've kind of turned that one around. Nice. Yeah. Richmond's one of my favorites, man. I love the action on that track. I think I just, I love it. And when they, uh, took that away as the, as the, you know, moved it into the playoffs and, and made Indianapolis the cutoff race, uh, that didn't quite sit well, but, uh, but we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. One of the coolest things that I was reading was, um, about Richard Childress and opening up the museum. What are your impressions walking through there? Well, you know, in the museum, I've been able to go through it for a long time. I remember taking lead out of some of the cars there early on in my career to fill my race cars up. So, you know, the museum's very special, and i got a couple cars in there now, and um looking forward when they put the 500 car in there. Yeah, absolutely. I know, you know, like you said, you're, a bunch of your cars are going, you know, are there. you got a bunch of the, the Earnhardt cars as well. 
That's got to be quite the honor, you know, with all the history of of Childress, you know, in NASCAR and and everything like that. That's that's got to be a real cool feeling to walk through there and, you know, a little trip down memory lane, but also, you know, kind of a distinct honor. Like, you know, this is the mark that I've made so far. And, you know, obviously there's more to come, but, uh, you know, it's just that's got to be one hell of a feeling is um you know there's so much history like you talked about in that that museum and every time you walk in and you see something different that triggers your mind to a memory uh and i'm very proud to be a part of it yeah now um how far you know a lot of the talk this year was about the the big three with uh kyle bush and harvick and uh truex how far off do you guys think that that you are to having the same speed that those guys seem to have on a week in week out basis well, I mean, I I'd like to lie and tell you we're there, but um, I think we've made games throughout the year to get our Camaro closer, and when you're within a certain type of speed, you can make things happen with strategy and, and uh, you know, just putting yourself in the right position. So that's what we'll be working on most of the playoffs, and our cars have gotten better, so I'm proud of that. Yeah, absolutely. You guys have, have made steady gains, and, uh, you know, it's kind of a uh, disappointing finish going 22nd at the uh, – at Indianapolis, but you know, with it being rain delayed and everything, it seems like Mother Nature doesn't like NASCAR. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, we were running pretty good in that race at times. We had speed and put ourselves in a good position. We ran inside the top five there for a little while. And the last part, I got cut off there by Chase a little bit and um, got into 22, kind of in our day. But part of racing, you know, it's going to be aggressive in the playoffs, and uh, that's the kind of feel that you had at Indy. What's the? Uh, are you kind of like a uh, a prankster in, in the garage area, or are you just kind of low key? I like to have fun, but um, I, I stick to my guys. I think if anything, you know, I try and hang out with my guys the most when I'm at the track. So if I'm pranking them, that's the guys I'm messing with. Okay, all right. So yeah. <laughs> you don't have to worry about any of the other drivers retaliating against you either. You know. That, uh, that's a smart thing. So, okay, looking at the uh, at the ten tracks of the playoffs, you know, I know you you mentioned that that you're confident going into Vegas here. Any other uh, tracks pop out at you that you know you can't wait to go to because you know you like the way that um, you know the that RCR is headed with the cars. You know, going in is Kansas, is it Talladega? Anyone that you've got circled, like, I can't wait for this race? I'm really pumped about Richmond and Martinsville. Um, short tracks have always been pretty solid for us. Uh, but, yeah, Kansas would be great. You know, similar to Michigan. We ran really good at Michigan. We'll probably have a similar setup there. So, Kansas, will, we'll mark that one down, too. All right. Uh, we're talking with Austin Dillon, driver of the number three Chevrolet for Richard Childress Racing, Daytona 500 champion. Now, I ask all the drivers that we get on our show this uh what kind of music are you listening to, Austin? Well, changes daily. Um, you wouldn't be able to guess my favorite type of music if you looked at my iPhone. But uh, rap to country music to rock and roll, I listen to it all. Okay. So, you know, who would be like, give me two of, you know, what CDs you got going in the in the car right now? Um, You want two? Yeah, two, okay. three, one, you know, but it's something. I don't know. Post Malone, Garth Brooks, Migos, Lil Wayne, um, everything from Tyler Farr, Luke Combs, 
Jason Aldean. I got it all. All right. Yeah, run the whole gambit there. All right. Well, uh, Austin, I want to say, th- you know, thank you for a few minutes of your time. Wish you the best of luck uh, this weekend in Las Vegas. And the rest of the playoffs is uh, hopefully uh, you're driving yourself to be the uh, 2018 NASCAR uh, champion. Thanks, man. Have a good one. You too, Austin. Thank you very much. That was Austin Dillon. He joined us on a great Midwest Bank hotline. We'll be back with more of the final inspection show coming up right after this. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway in Union Grove. On 105.7 FM, The Fan. And welcome back to the Final Inspection Show. Brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragaway. And of course, David Hobbs Honda. And In the next hour, we should have David Hobbs on. And uh, also, we're looking to have uh, from YouTube, a YouTube uh, motorsports commentator, David Land, will also be on. And Fast Eddie, Eddie Lapine, will be talking some sports car racing and get the uh, our predictions that you can take right to Vegas. Absolutely. And uh, make some money on our predictions, which I, I haven't done so well lately. And I've been doing all right. I guess all right. So. A lot, a lot of stuff still coming up, and a lot of things to do this weekend. Yes, sir. Uh, tomorrow, uh, the Granville Business Improvement District uh, Fourth Annual Car Truck and Bike Spectacular uh, at it. Uh, where the heck is this thing? Oh yeah, Seventy Sixth Street between Good Hope Road and Bradley Road. That's that's now the story with that Granville. You hear Granville? That was actually the town of Granville in the fifties. Okay, and it was annexed by the city of Milwaukee. But that's why they still you see a lot of Granville and that. Hence Bayview, you hear Bayview. Right. There was actually a town called Bayview. Okay. And then just west of there was the, the town of Lake. And so, you know, there's that's why you see, when you see name neighborhood names, there's usually a story there. Mm-hmm. So that's the story with Granville. There was actually a town of Granville back in the day on Milwaukee's uh, northwest side. And that's, this is where this is going to be. So a lot of fun. A lot of stuff going on there. Who's going to be there, Jeff? Well, uh, Joe and Amanda Martin, the stars of uh, Velocity TV series Iron Resurrection. They're uh, both going to be out there tomorrow. Uh, again, it's from 10 to 3 on uh, 76th Street between Good Hope and Bradley. Cars, hot rods, customs, classics, pickups, motorcycles. Uh, they're giving away awards at 2.30 p.m. There's a $10 entry fee. Uh, registration for cars, trucks, and bikes are is from 8.30 a.m. until 10 a.m. Uh, music by Captain Bob and Arlo should be a good time. Uh, Granville Br- Business Improvement District's fourth annual car, truck, and bike spectacular. And uh, not only that, you could probably do this in the, in the morning before you go there. You can, If you want to get some exercise in, because tomorrow there's, a, there's an Alzheimer's walk at Henry, the Henry Meyer Festival Park. Which is a great, fantastic charity. A uh, buddy of mine as a, as a team, uh, Keith. He's got Team Anna. So if you look on Facebook and put hashtag Team Anna, you can jo- be you can be on his team and uh, walk for a great cause. That of course is the end to end. The end of Alzheimer's starts with you walk uh, tomorrow at the Henry Meyer Festival Park. So nice. Make sure you can uh, look that up on Facebook. And uh, if you can't walk, you can also pledge money. Awesome. So a lot of lot of stuff going on as we're in the fall of the year, but still uh, 
lots of stuff, and the weather is fantastic. So, and of course, Great Lakes Dragway is running too. So, and we'll have more on that in the next hour or two. So, uh, I tell you what, let's get more some more NASCAR news, and let's hear from Lori Monroe. This is one lap down for the week of September the 10th. I'm Lori Monroe, and here's what's making news. After announcing he won't be competing in NASCAR after the 2018 season, Casey Kane has announced that due to health concerns, he'll sit out the next three cup races while his doctors assess the situation, which involves overheating and dehydration. Regan Smith, who filled in for Kane in the Brickyard 400, will continue to keep Kane's seat warm for the time being. Levine Family Racing continues to work on the time frame for Kane's return and will provide an update after the Charlotte race weekend. Jamie McMurray announced he'll no longer be in the Chip Ganassi Racing number one Chevrolet after this year. Apparently the organization offered him a seat in next year's Daytona 500 and then a transition into a leadership role in the company similar to one currently held by Dario Franchitti. At this time it's not known if McMurray will accept the offer nor have any announcements been made regarding a new driver for the vacated seat, although it's been rumored that Kurt Busch is possibility. Jack Roush confirmed this week during a satellite radio interview that Trevor Bain will not be returning to the organization in 2019. According to Roush, they are currently in negotiations with drivers right now, and although no names have been mentioned, known drivers available for next year's ride include Jamie McMurray, Matt Kenseth if he chooses to return to full-time competition, also Ryan Newman who's exploring his options for next year due to a potential contract change with RCR. Stay tuned. Remember the incident between Ross Chastain and Kevin Harvick a couple weeks ago? You remember Chastain was leading and Harvick kind of got up into him and they got together? Well, Chastain has another shot at a win because he'll be back behind the wheel of the Chip Ganassi Racing number 42 Xfinity car this weekend at Las Vegas. How exciting is that? Attention all you Twitter fans. For the first time ever and to celebrate the 2018 NASCAR playoffs, Twitter hashtags and emojis will be displayed on the driver's cars starting this weekend and will also be available to Twitter users until each driver is eliminated from championship contention. You can unlock the official NASCAR playoffs emoji on Twitter by tweeting with hashtag NASCAR playoffs. This week's edition of Innovators vs. NASCAR there was one penalty issued at last weekend's Brickyard 400, an L1 penalty issued to the number 19 of Daniel Suarez for failing pre-race inspection multiple times. The team has been assessed with the loss of 10 driver and 10 owner points. Anna, start time is just after 7 p.m. Eastern and you can see it live on MAV TV. The ARCA series is having a cool event in conjunction with the race, the ARCA throwback weekend at Salem Speedway fueled by the Hoosier Lottery. And there'll be some off-track events for fans to enjoy. Racing personalities will compete against themselves and fans in Friday's annual ARCA throwback charity golf scramble at the Western Hills Golf Club located near the backstretch of the Speedway. Later in the evening, downtown Salem holds the annual Friday Night in the Square Festival with all kinds of displays, food trucks, games, kids' activities, and driver autograph sessions. This year's event Grand Marshal is none other than local racing legend Charlie Glotchback. In IndyCar news, it's down to the wire now for the IndyCar series as they get set for their final race of the year on Sunday, the IndyCar Grand Prix of Sonoma. 
Honda has already secured the 2018 Manufacturer Championship. Now it's up to the drivers to decide who will be crowned the champion. Scott Dixon, Alexander Rossi, Will Power, or Joseph Newgarden. The foursome kicked off the weekend with a cable car tour of San Francisco, had a delicious crab dinner overlooking Fisherman's Wharf and Alcatraz. Points leader Scott Dixon said about their championship run, anything is possible, especially with the competition right now. Mathematically, a lot of things can happen. We've just got to focus like any other race weekend and go out there and try to win. You can catch the race at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Sunday on NBCSN. The NASCAR Pinty Series is off this weekend, so we're going to jump right into birthdays this week. Happy birthday goes out to Ricky Rudd, Tony Fur, Greg Ives, and Jimmy Fennig. Happy birthday, everyone, and if it's your birthday this week, I hope it's a great one. The Camping World Truck Series returns to action this week at Las Vegas for Friday night's World of Westgate 200. You can watch it on FS1. The Xfinity Series hits the track Saturday afternoon for the DC Solar 300 with start time at 5 p.m. Eastern. And the Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series playoffs begin with Sunday South Point Hotel and Casino 400 at 3 p.m. Eastern. You can watch both the Xfinity and the Cup races on NBCSN. In weather, the weekend's activities at Las Vegas Motor Speedway should go without a hitch thanks to nothing but sunshine. High temperatures for Friday, Saturday and Sunday will be 97 to 99 degrees with lows in the 70s and not a drop of rain anywhere. But it should be windy with sustained winds in the 20 to 25 mile per hour range with gusts in excess of 30 miles an hour. In social media madness, Ingrid Vandebosch, you know, the wife of Jeff Gordon. Well, they both attended this year's Burning Man Festival in the Black Rock Desert of Nevada. And via Twitter, Ingrid posted some of the most incredible images of their experience. You got to check that out at iVandebosch on Twitter. Via Instagram, Kenny Wallace was so excited, he put a new body on his dirt car and took the old aluminum to the scrapyard. He predicted he'd get 30 bucks, but instead, got 3108 and Jimmy Johnson on Twitter says it's amazing how no one cares I'm in my fire suit walking through the Encore Hotel in Vegas and then Steve Latart retweeted it saying totally normal that's one lap down with Laurie Monroe for this week enjoy the racing this weekend whatever racing you enjoy the most Milwaukee start your engines it's time to talk about all things racing NASCAR, IndyCar, Trucks, and Formula One. This is the Final Inspection Show with Steve Zaki, presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Now, it's Final Inspection on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Here's Steve Zaki. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway. Make sure to get out there next Saturday, the 22nd, for two, two big shows. For the price of one, Time Machine Nationals. Time Machine Nationals, which is always, always a fantastic show. Is lot and, um, and the food. The food is just simply fantastic. Pipe bomb approved, that's for sure. 
So make sure you get down to the rescheduled Time Machine Nationals on September 22nd that will run with the Nitrous Streetcar Brawl. Two shows for the price of one. Gates open at 9 a.m. racing all day. And make sure you go to GreatLakesDragway.com for any questions or more information. So always a fun show. Lots of stuff. Of course, we got football, too. Uh, Aaron Rodgers back practicing with the Packers. That's good news. Josh Gordon out this week with a hamstring. Yeah, Rodgers still listed as questionable, but the fact that he practiced today pretty much makes it a guarantee that he's going to play tomorrow. And uh, Joe Mixon got hurt Thursday night. He's going to be out for a couple games. But for all the information you want regarding fantasy football, make sure you check in tomorrow at 10 a.m. with Tim Allen and Rami Makhlouf for the fantasy football show. Good stuff there uh, before your football extravaganza. Yeah. You know, something. Almost 12 hours of football tomorrow. Of course, we got college football Badger starting at 2.30. Joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is David Land, YouTube motorsports commentator. And uh, we had him on the show last week. Well, he was supposed to be on the show last week. <laughs> but we'll call it a technical glitch. He was not on the show last week. But he is on the show this week live on the Midwest Bank uh, Bank Hotline. David, welcome to the Final Inspection Show. Hi, Steve. Pleasure to be here, even if it is a week late. I can't <laughs> wait to talk to all the Milwaukee area sports fans, particularly the racing fans. You guys are awesome. Uh, so I know this will be fun. Should be a lot of fun. Uh, the Brickyard last week. Now, you're a Indiana native, and uh, the Brickyard started off with a bang in 1994. And, you know, talk about bad luck. We knew this year, last couple of years, the attendance has been down, and then it just totally got wiped out last week with the weather. But the racing, the Xfinity race in the morning, we thought was pretty good. What was your opinion on uh, both races last Monday? Well, the Xfinity race reminded me, and it's probably appropriate, it reminded me a lot of the more recent Freedom 100s with uh, just the tightly packed bunched cars. We even had a four-wide finish to a stage. Uh, it was very, it was a very entertaining race, I'll say that. I was actually kind of surprised because they had announced it earlier in the year that the Cup Series did not use that uh, the package with the aero ducts and the restrictor plates. They went with the more traditional package. But at the same time, I think maybe we were treated to one of the better Brickyard 400s in the history of the race, particularly around the, the final stage of the race with the duel between Brad Keselowski and, and Denny Hamlin. I think that's the best door-to-door clash for the win ever at the Brickyard. So uh, the fans that did get to show up, the fans that didn't get uh, or didn't have obligations on Monday got treated to a pretty good show. It's just a bit of a shame that, you know, for the Speedway and, and for NASCAR that, that it really kind of went off so poorly in terms of the weather Mm -hmm. as race fans are are, are we getting spoiled maybe if it's if there's not a last lap uh pass or the lead are are we getting spoiled and saying it's not a great race oh absolutely i mean that was the criticism of the indy 500 this year everybody was kind of upset that that power ran away with it in the last five laps and you know that's you know the way that 85 or so indy 500s had been run previously it's only been kind of a recent trend that it's always come down to the last five laps of the Indy 500. It was kind of special when you'd get a John Cock and Mears or a Goodyear and Unser Jr. coming down the line. With uh, Vegas, with the playoffs, what's your opinion on uh, on the NASCAR playoffs? They're in Vegas this weekend with uh, Eric Jones on the pole uh, and, and, those, and those wacky decals you have on the side of the car. What do you think about that? 
Well, first I'll talk positive, and I think Eric Jones, what a time to, to show up. What a time to make a statement. Uh, he's, you know, he's kind of been somewhat anonymous this year. He got the win at Daytona. Uh, but you saw at Indianapolis, you know, if, if, if Hamlin and, and Keselowski pull a Dylan Almirola Daytona 500 style and take each other out, he's right in that position to win that race. I think he's turning it on right at the right time, uh, and it's good for the sport if there's a new young star who seems to be integrating into that top team at Joe Gibbs Racing and, and is establishing himself as such. As for the emojis, oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, hello, fellow kids, is what that feels like. It feels like the grandpa who doesn't really understand the, the Nintendo, so to speak, and is trying to appeal to that segment of the audience. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a weird thing. And the worst part probably about those emojis is, is that they're huge and they don't really integrate into the, the paint schemes themselves. So it's really an eyesore. And I'm actually surprised that the sponsors uh, were, were willing to, to put up with this because it, it really distracts from whatever logos on the quarter panel of those uh, cup cars. Yeah, I agree with you. I do like the Blaney uh, emoji, though. That one, that one looks tough. So, I, at least with me, I expect, you know, the big three, Harvick, Truex, Kyle Busch, all to just walk, you know, right into Miami, and then we're only looking at one other driver that's going to make the finale. Who should we be keeping an eye on? You know, uh, you said a great time for Eric Jones to step up. Do you think he's one that could sneak in there? Or are we looking at, like, Keselowski, since he's got all the momentum now? Who do you expect, A, the fourth driver to be, and then who would be, like, an underdog that you think is going to make some noise in the playoffs this season? Well, the safe money is certainly Keselowski, no doubt about it. Uh, as you mentioned, he's probably number four if we're talking a big four in NASCAR at the moment. Uh, we'll see how Eric Jones manages to, to work. Obviously, he's got the same equipment that Truex and Bush do, so you would expect that he would perform you would think that a guy like Hamlin, uh, who has been winless this season, could, could get some Ws. And if you want a real dark horse, let's talk uh, Ale or Alex Bowman. Uh, if he can get to Phoenix, we know that that car is very strong at Phoenix, and Bowman's been very strong at Phoenix in the past. So if he can you know, pull a win off there, he could get into the Final Four. You think it's weird that uh, no one's mentioned multiple race winner Clint Boyer? Yeah, it is a little bit weird. It. it I just don't know if he's got the the consistency or the luck. I mean, you look at Indianapolis, he probably should have been up there and c competing for that win, and it just didn't seem like the strategy particularly went his way in that race. So, yeah, it is weird that people aren't mentioning Boyer uh, because he does, again, have the same equipment as Harvick, but he could, he could be another one of those drivers flying under the radar. Switching gears and going a little further west of uh, Vegas, of course, is Sonoma this weekend for the IndyCar finale. Basically a, a two-car race. There's four cars uh, with Joseph Newgarden and Will Power uh, eligible and could win the championship, but most likely it's going to be either Scott Dixon or Alexander Rossi to win the IndyCar championship. And, of course, Dixon is obviously the favorite, but uh, is it is it are we, IndyCar fans going to get more bang for the buck if it's Rossi as opposed to Dixon or – does Dixon winning his fifth championship really start setting them up apart? I think it. I think it makes better headlines if Rossi's the winner, the second young American star rising and uh, rising up to the challenge. Uh, but at the same time, he's got a very serious uphill battle here. Dixon has been very, very quick in the practice sessions, both on red and black tires. 
We'll see how qualifying goes later today, but it also seems like even though those Penske guys maybe not going to be able to take the championship, what they are going to do is be able to take points away from Alexander Rossi in his pursuit of Dixon. They seem very fast this weekend as well. Rossi seems mired maybe sixth or seventh in terms of raw speed. So, you know, if anybody's going to beat Dixon, it's going to take some serious, serious luck. And it seems like luck, as we saw at the beginning of the Portland race, has really been on Dixon's side. But I think in terms of headlines, you want Rossi to win. I just don't see it happening. Yeah, incredible luck with Dixon in that race. His escape, the great escape at that opening lap uh, uh, mix-up in Portland. Uh, this week, uh, interesting, though, with a couple of rookies, uh, bright stars in IndyCar's future. Uh, that, of course, is Colton Herta, the second-generation driver, and Pato Award, very talented driver, Mexican driver. Uh, what, what, what's, what's, what's the uptake on those two? So the uptake is it seems like uh, that this is going to be the 2019 lineup for the Harding Racing Team, uh, whatever form it ends up taking. It seems like it's being reported now that it's going to be a, a Steinbrenner racing organization, so there's going to be some Yankees money going into that team. What's interesting about it as well is that it's going to be an Andretti Autosport partnership. And from what I understand or what I've read this weekend, uh, they've actually switched their shock and damper program for the Harding Racing Team away from what they had previously been using, which are shock and dampers that date back to 2012 with KV Racing. And Andretti Autosport has equipped them with modern dampers. But that being said, Pato Award absolutely was, showed he was the real deal yesterday with that third-place uh, run in practice. I mean, that that's impressive. A guy who steps into an Indy car and just is immediately on pace, uh, that, that hasn't been seen in quite a while. Uh, from a from a young driver, so that's very exciting. I, ho I hope to see him kind of complete the weekend and not just kind of be a one hit wonder. Yeah, I'm, I've been kind of watching him, his career, and he would show these brilliances and and coming through the the latter series. And last year he had a couple of races, and 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 he was running IMSA too. And this kid has some talent. I love Colton Herta, but. You know, I think Colton Herta is is more of a, I don't want to say a Scott Dixon driver. It's not really fair to put that on him, but meaning that Col Colton Herta seems to be a real thinking man's driver. He's really good at strategy and st strategizing the whole race. Pedal Ward is just fast, isn't he? Oh, it, well, I mean, again, the proof is in the pudding yesterday, and and you think about Daytona as well. He, he was incredibly fast in the IMSA car. He really raised a lot of eyebrows there at, at that race. Uh, he was, I think, third on the grid, and he didn't even have a DPI car. So he, he's, he's been impressive all year long, and it's just kind of cool to see him, again, get to that top level of the sport and instantly be there. Well, David, we certainly appreciate you taking time out today and uh, coming on the show with us. And feel free, please uh, plug, plug your, your, your uh, YouTube channel. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, check me out on YouTube. I just hit 31,000 subscribers. Uh, we do motorsports commentary. Uh, we talk uh, IndyCar, NASCAR, Formula One. I even talked to MotoGP story. I don't know if you guys have talked about that guy pulling the, the uh, yes. rider's brake, but that was <laughs> whew, that was something. But, yeah, we talk all sorts of racing. Uh, come check me out if you'd like uh, some, some regular motorsports content uh, in your day. David Land, L-A-N-D, just like the ground you walk on. So, Thank you guys for having me on the show. really appreciate it. All right, David. We, we look forward to having you on again, and uh, we'll take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll be talking to Formula One expert and author David Hobbs on the Final Inspection Show. 
Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove, along with David Hobbs Honda. And joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is author, author, David Hobbs. Welcome to the show, David. Thank you very much, Steve. Good to be on, as always. Um, talking to you, of course, from Road America, which couldn't look better if it tried. Gorgeous, gorgeous day. Some ball colors coming on. A lot of good racing, a lot of great old cars here, and, uh, and a lot of people. So, very good, uh, very good day to be at Road America. Excellent. Of course, you're up there for the VSCDA. It runs right off your tongue. The Vintage Sports Car Drivers Association Vintage Weekend up at Road America. A lot of fun. Got some buddies running cars up there, and uh, just a fantastic weekend to go up there uh, today and tomorrow up at Elkhart Lake. And of course. Uh, on the other side of the world, at the Marina Bay Street Circus, one of the most spectacular visual events on the F1 calendar, of course, is the Singapore Grand Prix. And uh, Lewis Hamilton did it again, didn't he? Boy, oh boy. I mean, didn't he ever? Um, I was watching the qualifying this morning, and as you say, visually, that Singapore event is just absolutely outstanding. And I have to draw back so many memories seeing it again today, uh, but it was a very exciting qualifying, especially as um, the Mercedes were kind of considered to be the underdogs to Ferrari this year. Um, it's been not a great circuit uh, for Mercedes over the years, although, <laughs> to say that, Lewis Hamilton did win it last year, but that, of course, is half the field got eliminated at turn one, lap one, which helped him a lot. Um, but... Um, yeah, they weren't expected to do that well, and Ferrari were expected to be very strong, were strong in practice. And then today, Al Lewis, uh, on his first run in Q3, dropped in a, a time that was 11, um, over 11 seconds quicker than his pole there in 2009, which just shows you where these cars are going. Very, very expensive, but uh, a lot of money. And Max Verstappen ended up second. And... Um, He'll be 20, what, tomorrow or next week? Uh, 21. And um, he's unfortunately run out of time to be the youngest ever pole sitter. He's the youngest ever at everything else, race wins, driving a Formula One car, um, uh, so on and so forth. But he has to get a pole uh, before the end of the season to be the youngest ever pole sitter. And unless something miraculous happens in the next three or four races, he won't be the youngest policy that was still in all the sterling after five was happened. And then um, who was third? Was it Botas third? Uh, uh, it was Vettel. Vettel was third with Vettel, uh, Botas uh, in the second row. Yeah, and then Kimi Raikkonen in his fifth. And Kimi had looked at one stage very, very strong. It looked like he was going to be on the pole. But unfortunately, it slipped away. And of course, when we say slipped away, it's just a few tenths of a second. Uh, around a very demanding circuit, like 24 turns. Um, and of course, nowhere to go, all walls and guardrail and barriers and uh, tight right-angle corners, which don't really suit. One of the reasons they didn't think it would suit the Mercedes is that Mercedes is slightly longer wheelbase than everybody else. So this is not the ideal circuit for all wheelbase people. And uh, it, it's interesting looking at qualifying. You know, the, the, the big news of the weekend, of course, is uh, Kimi Rackinen going to Sauber next year. And, he, you know, he, we, we spoke about this on Thursday evening about, you know, so it this seemed like so, this wouldn't even happen a couple months ago. But you look at this weekend, surprisingly, 
Sauber has certainly picked up the pace. I mean, not, I guess, baby steps, you could call it, but uh, Charles Leclerc qualifying 13th, Marcus Erickson right behind him in 14th. I'll qualifying you know, the Toro Rosso team, Williams, which isn't too hard to do, but uh, also the one of the Haas and, and the McLaren of uh, Van Dorn. Well, yeah, qualifying was a very mixed bag today. I thought that that uh, Magnussen would certainly make Q3, like his teammate Grosjean did. Um, I thought that Leclerc might get in uh, a bit further up the field, Alonso. But um, yeah, and I, I tell you what, I I was talking with a couple of fans this morning, signing and signing my book up here at Road America, and I just think. You know, I wish Kimmy would retire. I mean, I've been wanting him to retire for about four years. He's good, but he's not great anymore. And we need some young blood in there, like, you know, like George Russell. And, and Esteban Ocon is going to be out of a Formula One drive. And so is Van Dorn. Um, and these guys are potentially better than Kimmy Raikkonen is now. Uh, give him a couple of years of the good car, and they'll be right there. And... Um, for him to go and take that valuable salver seat from somebody just seems bizarre to me. And um, why? I mean, God, you know, when you've been to the top like he has, mm-hmm. world champion, I mean, why on earth would you want to take a massive step back like that? And um, anyway, that's what he's doing. And uh, he's got more money than he'll ever spend in, in five lifetimes. And... Um, to be taking away the chance and the opportunity from a young guy is such a shame because we're running out of space for these young drivers to go to. These kids do all they're supposed to do. They win the, the Formula 2 championship. They win the Formula 3 championship. They win a couple of other championships before they get to those two. And then, boom, nowhere to go um, because all the teams are full up uh, with, with current drivers. Yeah, this certainly is. Uh, you know, with George Russell, one of the the, the brighter stars that just, is just waiting for that spot to open up. You just wonder where exactly you know will he go? And you know, the Mercedes driver. You know, they show him all the time. You know, standing in the Mercedes, uh, you know, pit area. You know, looking over wow. what's happening, and you wonder what wh- where where is he going to land? Because Mercedes, I'm sure, is getting itchy to put him in an F1 car, aren't they? Well, Toto Wolff, who's the, you know, the power behind them, the Mercedes Formula One team, apparently was really, really letting everybody have it uh, over the weekend from Singapore that nobody was going to give people like Pascal Berline and George Russell a drive because they're associated with Mercedes. And I think his ire is directed as much as anything towards Red Bull, who have turned down Esteban Ocon and they could bring back Danny Kafiat. Uh, out of basic retirement uh, to put him in in a Toro Rosso next year as Pierre Gasly's moved Toro Rosso to Red Bull, proper Red Bull. Um, and it, it does seem that these political moves in Formula One are getting more and more and more bizarre uh, as time goes on. And uh, you just wonder um, where these guys' sort of priority is. Um, and you, say you want to be, as a young kid, you want to be associated with, you know, Red Bull or Mercedes or somebody like that. Um, and then when, of course, they can't find anywhere for you to go, it makes life very difficult as the others suddenly, of course, aren't interested in you because you came from the other stable. Mm-hmm. It um, seems a bit self-defeating to me. Um, 
and really cutting off your own nose to spite your face. But there it is. Um, so we've got two or three guys next year on the sidelines who definitely should be in Formula One. And we've got two or three people in Formula One who definitely should not be in Formula One. Well, we need another junior team out there, I think. I'm surprised. Uh, well, because that's what, because yeah. uh, then Red Bull's report to, uh, to uh, Toto Wolf is, well, they should have been like us and had a B team. You know, mm -hmm. We've got Red Bull and we've got Toro Rosso. If they felt so strongly about their drivers, they should have they should have formed a B team, um, which I guess is what they're bickering on doing next year, maybe with Williams, um, who, of course, use Mercedes power. Exactly, because um, Williams right now is, is looking for money, and you know they, they probably have one of the lowest budgets in the F1 paddock. And it would certainly make at least financial sense to them to be the the quote unquote B team, but I don't know if uh, Frank would really want that, would he? Well, Frank and his daughter really kind of don't want it. And then you've got to think of the big picture from Mercedes is a huge public company. You know, you got thousands, hundreds of thousands of shareholders and a very and a big board. And on that board, of course, are trade union members because in Germany the trade unions have a seat on the board, and they're going to be saying, "Hang on a minute, you know, we're already spending, you know, we're already paying Lewis Hamilton, for instance, fifty million dollars a year. Um, that fifty million dollars a year would go a long way towards bumping the wages of the guys in the factory. Uh, and now you want to start a B team as well and spend another hundred million? Uh, I don't think so. So you've got." There's all sorts of ramifications to these things that, you know, that sort of get left off and um, get forgotten by us enthusiasts who would love to see it all happen. But of course, you know, <laughs> a lot of money. And of course, you're up. Uh, we're talking with David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, and this is uh, one of the last chances for you to get an autographed uh, book from David in person uh, tomorrow up at Road America for the VSCDA Vintage Meet. Uh, if they can't make it up there tomorrow at Road America, David, is there going to be another opportunity for them in the Wisconsin well, area? We're certainly hoping to have a day at the dealership. Um, it's not like you know it's going to be full of race fans like like a racetrack is. You know, people walking by saying, "Oh, you're here, Andy Paul. Oh, yeah, I'll have one." Uh, that's not going to happen at the dealership. We'll have to advertise it, and put it out there. But I'm running out of books up here, and I'm not even sure at this stage that I'm going to be here tomorrow um, because we're down to about four books today, and uh, I misjudged it again. I didn't bring enough with me. Um, so, uh, but yes, we're, we're, we're certainly thinking, of, and if we do, we'll let you know so that you can put it out there. Um, but it's going to have to be done in the next uh, two or three weeks. Very good. And uh, give us a, who's your pick for the Singapore Grand Prix this weekend? Well, I, you know, Verstappen starting on the front row, if he makes a good start, which he does, gets in front of Lewis, um, he could win this race. Verstappen, last year, of course, got taken out by Sebastian Vettel, as I say, going to corner one, lap one. Uh, but uh, Verstappen might have a good chance. And I think that in the race, the Ferraris uh, will look good. But the, the big advantage of being on the pole at, at Singapore, or even on the front row, is it's a very difficult place to overtake. And um, so I'm going to put my money on Verstappen for tomorrow. Very good. 
David, appreciate it as always, and we'll talk to you in the next coming weeks. Uh, and uh, have fun up there at Road America this weekend. All right, Steve. Thank you very much indeed. Enjoy the rest of the show. And uh, anybody listening that wants to come to Road America, this would be a perfect weekend to do it. All right, David Hobbs on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Uh, start your renovation journey with the simple, convenient pre-approval from Great Midwest Bank dedicated to providing perfectly personalized home loans to those right here in our community since 1935. Coming up next, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. Inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and, of course, David Hobbs Honda. Make sure you get out to Great Lakes uh, Dragway in Union Grove. Come on down to the rescheduled Time Machine Nationals, September 22nd on a Saturday. That will run with the Nitrous Street uh, Car Brawl. The two shows for the price of one, gates open at nine, racing all day. And for more information, make sure you get to greatlakesdragway.com looking forward to that jeff aren't we absolutely it's going to be a fantastic show wall-to-wall racing great food just get out there you won't regret it and uh, also don't forget tomorrow the alzheimer's run uh down at henry meyer festival park and we'll be posting that on our social media facebook page for more information on that if you can't make it make sure to pledge and then also uh, yeah, also tomorrow, Granville Business Improvement District, 4th Annual Car, Truck, and Bike Spectacular. Uh, music, food, trucks, and family fun. Joe and Amanda Martin from uh, I, uh, from the Iron Resurrection TV Iron series on Velocity. So right. make sure uh, um, Amanda is certainly a nice-looking girl. I'm sure she's very talented, too. So make sure you check out them. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, it's Car, Truck, and Bike Spectacular. Lots of uh, cool-looking cars, and uh, where is it? It's up in the old the old town of Granville on Milwaukee's northwest side. It's going to be on North 76th Street between Good Hope Road and Bradley. So it uh, should be a lot of fun up there. Make sure you get up there tomorrow for that. Yep, absolutely. And joining us right now, in fact, on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline from RacingNation.com, it is Eddie Lapine. Welcome to the show, Eddie. Hey, guys. Hi, Steve. Hi, Jeff. How are you doing today? fantastic we are it's beautiful weather up here and we got racing up at road america we got racing at great lake Stragway this weekend a lot of fun stuff happening uh but kind of a a, a sad week in the world of motorsports uh when uh, one of the one of the biggest guys in uh, sports car racing especially over the last uh, 20 years or so passed away and that's dr dan uh don panos and eddie that's it's somebody that uh, you've actually met personally and uh, it certainly was a huge giant in the world of sports car racing, wasn't he? Oh, most definitely. He he definitely, in in short, he saved sports car racing, basically, and uh, made it what it is today. And it's a, it's really a sad day. He was just an incredible man. I mean, he was definitely, he was an entrepreneur, and he saw you know, the future in sports car racing. And uh, he's left a legacy behind. He definitely was a guy that 
wanted to have something different. I mean, you'll last remember them at Road America. Well, actually, this year, the Pirelli Challenge, uh, Panos' cars uh, won one of the races mm-hmm. at the Pirelli Challenge this year. But you'll probably best remember the Delta Wing as one of his uh, creations that he followed through and, and wanted to make it work and win a race. Of course, that and also the front engine sports car that ran in the mid-90s. Well, one of my favorite cars has had a, such a unique look in a time when, uh, well, probably in the, the 90s, kind of the last real golden age for unique, uniqueness in uh, sports car racing as well as uh, champ car and IndyCar racing. But, uh, yeah, Panos was a time, I think the, the most valuable thing for him was uh, road racing was certainly at a crossroads in the early 90s, wasn't it? Definitely. I mean, and he basically, he was mad at uh, when he went to Daytona for the 24-hour race, and and that's when he started the uh, American Le Mans series. And it grew, uh, I think it, it grew over what he ever thought it would grow to. And, uh, you know, he put it together with the ACO, and, you know, it, it's just created the 10-hour race at Petit Le Mans and he also Mario Andretti drove that panels car in his last professional race okay. at Le Mans uh, with Jan Magnussen and uh, David Brabham they drove that car and it, the car won races and it was very unique at its time it certainly and, was and uh, Dan, and what and there's one product uh, Dan uh, Don Panos panels invented and what was that Eddie well, he he invented the patch, the, the and, Nicoderm uh, patch. Yes, the Nicoderm patch, and he helped a lot of people uh, definitely uh, fight that bad habit of smoking. I thought it was always interesting when the tobacco money was leaving racing. Uh, panels came in, and he was the guy who made his money from people quitting smoking. I thought that was kind of a interesting uh, uh, transition there that the racing made in the. 90s and early 2000s. I tell you what, Eddie, let's take a quick break here and uh, we'll talk more auto racing with uh, Eddie Lapine and get our predictions on the final inspection show brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and a David Hobbs Honda. This is Final Inspection with Steve Zockey. Presented by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove on 105.7 FM, The Fan. Welcome back to the Final Inspection Show, brought to you by the legendary Great Lakes Dragway in Union Grove. Come on down to the rescheduled Time Machine National Saturday, September 22nd, that will run with the Nitrous Streetcar Brawl. Two shows for the price of one. Gates open at 9 a.m., racing all day. For more info, go to greatlakesdragway.com. And also, like to thank David Hobbs Honda. Of course, David Hobbs is up at Road America this weekend for the VSCDA Vintage Races running up at Road America and uh, beautiful weather and uh, if you haven't been up there for that weekend but been up there for july it's a smaller event smaller club and whatnot so uh july the july vintage is one of the biggest events in the nation you get uh you know upwards to four or five hundred cars this event will probably have about 200 maybe cars so it's about a half third the size but still smaller, a lot of but neat, still big still a lot of neat neat 
cool racing and cars up there, and uh, the weather is perfect. So you got lots of choices this weekend. Absolutely. You got All car of them shows. Good. Car shows up in 76 in Bradley. We got the Great Lakes Dragway. We got Road America this weekend. We got the Alzheimer's Walk down at uh, Summerfest grounds uh, tomorrow morning. And just lots of stuff going on. Summer might be over, over, but the events are still going on, aren't they, Jeff? Yeah, man. The uh, social calendar is still packed, and uh, it's time to get outside, have some fun, have some cold ones, and uh, and enjoy yourself. Perfect weather right now. So uh, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, it is uh, Eddie Lapine from RacingNation.com. And, of course, Eddie, uh, you're like Hob, Mr. Hobble, who's going to be out at Laguna Seca, aren't they, for an event coming up in the next few weeks? Yeah, we just posted a story on Racing Nation. Um, me and Jack Webster will be attending that event and uh, looking very, very excited about going to Rensport. Uh, Monterey is just a beautiful uh, place to have that, and it's going to be a great event. It's the 70th anniversary of Porsche, and there's going to be a lot of going on there. And Hobble will be out there signing books. Yeah, it, it, and Jack Webster is going to be out there signing with, books. With his Racing Pilots book, with spectacular uh, photography in there, uh, just one of the one 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 of the best books to, to come out over the last year. Both those books, in fact. Um, and it, it, it that's neat. I mean, if you're a Porsche guy. You gotta get out there. I mean, it is just a fantastic event. Uh, Porsche is 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 involved with it, and the cars that they bring out from Germany and that these are cars that you don't usually see at events, aren't they, uh, Eddie? Well, they they bring cars from the museum, and in fact, how many cars that are here in the U.S. in private collections that um, are going to be there? It's just it's amazing, and couple of these drivers uh that are driving like jimmy bruni it'll be his first time attending and he's very excited and you know i mean it's just it is amazing it really is all right so we heard about uh you know the the book from david hobbs we heard about jack's book when are you writing a book eddie oh i'm waiting for jack uh <laughs> i think jack's working on my version two of fast eddie's travel so, all right very good uh hopefully you know, <laughs> if I pay him enough. Yeah. There you go. There well, you go. Uh, and it's there's a full racing uh, weekend, uh, of course, this weekend, too, with uh, NASCAR in Vegas. Let's go through our predictions. We got NASCAR in Vegas. Uh, let's, let's go just do the Cup Series. Uh, who's your pick out in uh, Vegas, Eddie? I'm going to stick with Harvick. Harvick. Okay. Happy Harvick. I'm going Blaney. Ooh, yeah, yeah, a little off the uh, off the cuff here, but yeah, I think Blaney's gonna gonna show out real really good. Start sixth. Hmm, that's yeah, boy. Yeah, I'm gonna go. Uh, boy, I like that pick too. That is a good pick. Uh, I will go with uh, what the heck, Keselowski. He's on a roll. All right. Nobody picked Mr. Personality Austin Dillon, huh? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, the IndyCar finale in uh, in Sonoma. We're going to do two picks here: one for the champion Eddie, and then also one for the race. Who do you have? Well, I'm rooting for Mr. Dixon. Okay. Uh, to pull it off, and I, I think Dixon. I'm going to go with Dixon as a winner too, okay. because I think he wants to just you know show him. Hey, if he wins the race, he's a champion. It's the easiest way to do it, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. All right. I'll, I'm going to go with Rossi for my champion, and I'll go with uh, Joseph Newgarden as winner of the race. 
All right, I'm half with Eddie. Give me Dixon as the champion. Will Power. All right, for in the victory race. lane. Yeah. And finally, we got Singapore, the the fantastic, beautiful uh, Singapore Grand Prix uh, occurring this morning or next morning, I should say. It's a Sunday night race in Singapore, but 7 a.m. I believe for us on ESPN two. Eddie, what says you? Well, you know what? I've been trying to be in Vettel's corner, but I've kind of given up. Uh, I think it's Ooh. Lewis Hamilton show. Okay. I think uh, that, that's who I'm going to go with tomorrow. I'll take a chance. I'll go with Vettel in the Ferrari. All right. Well, I am going to go with, and this will surprise you kind of, because uh, if I didn't pick the last name Orlowski, I was going to pick Hulkenberg to be my last name. <laughs> so give me Nico for the win. <laughs> It was a total toss. I you know, I came down to two, Hulkenberg or Orlowski. I chose Orlowski. There's been two more, two no bigger supporters for Nico Hulkenberg than Mr. <laughs> Hobbs and I. For five years, we're like, this guy's going to finally, he's, he's, he's going to hit that plateau and finally get a win or at least get on the podium. Hasn't happened. I th- we have both jumped off that wagon, so welcome aboard. It happens tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eddie. Eddie, we certainly. I'd love to see Nico. Oh, so would I. It would be fantastic, but I don't think it's going to happen, though. Yeah. No, I don't think Renault is in any position. I think if you have to go with somebody, Max Verstappen will be the the second pick tomorrow. So. All right, Eddie, we certainly appreciate you uh, joining us. And, of course, I'd like to thank. uh, Austin Dillon for coming on the show and uh, David Land from uh, YouTube. Uh, make sure to check out his stuff and uh, Eddie, of course. And uh, fun show today. And uh, who's the uh, NASCAR driver we had on? Mr. Personality, the Austin weasel. Dillon. <laughs> Austin, Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. Austin Dillon. So fun show today. Make sure you tune in next week for the final inspection show and uh, brought to you by, of course, the legendary Great Lakes Dragway and David Hobbs Honda. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.